Hey everyone, new dad here, Uncle Tickles. Got some very exciting news. Since we last spoke, I had mentioned, uh, you know, we were looking for our first Patreon, and we we got our first Patreon. We didn't just get our first Patreon, we got two Patreons. <laughs> and it's come to my attention, not everyone knows what Patreon is. So uh, before we get into today's episode, let me take a second to just let you know, uh, in case you didn't, Patreon is where you can help support content creators like myself monetarily, or uh, in other words, with money. This is how a lot of uh, people are able to uh, do this full time. Uh, I'm very far from that. Uh, this is still very much a hobby and something I'm doing out of just my, my love for all the tickle monsters out there, you guys. Uh, but if you are a fan and you do want to keep this uh, going, keep the lights on, uh, head on over to Patreon and look for uh, New Dad Podcast, and you can sign up, uh, <clears throat> I believe, as low as a dollar, a uh, dollar a month. So uh, that is greatly appreciated. Uh, I can't begin to thank History of Westeros, who was the very first one. They beat Laura Brandos out by just a hair. Uh, you two have uh, done something that was very touching. I was in Mexico when I uh, I got the alert and uh, apologize. I, I should have made a bigger deal about it before now, um, but it was touching. I, you know, you can ask my wife, Lita. I uh, you know, had a moment where I, I really, you know, expressed to her, uh, you know, not just the gratitude I felt uh, for that support and, uh, you know, the belief in in the podcast, but also, uh, you know, it's when you do something like this, you're putting yourself out there. I think that there is an expectation, uh, you know, there's certain people in your life who you think are going to be, uh, you know, at the forefront of supporting you, uh, you know, and, and that support can come in a bunch of different ways. And, uh, you know, we have received a ton of support from uh, a lot of people. Um, but you know, when it's, People, you know, and I, and it's not surprising that it's history of Westeros and Laura Brandos, but just a little backstory. You know, these are people who, um, you know, they they started off as internet friends. You know, the pen pals. <clears throat> it meant a lot. And uh, if you're listening, thank you. If you are listening and you want to become a patron, as I said, head on over. You know, don't <laughs> don't let not being the first stop you. Uh, this would be. Uh, a great way to get a couple added perks and uh, we'll get those over to our, uh, our new patrons. So without further ado, uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, like, uh, all those cool things, uh, depending on how you're listening to this, whether it be YouTube or Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Do it. It helps. Uh, it's another way to help. If you can't spare a couple bucks a month, and uh, if you can't, no big deal. Do you know who can spare a couple bucks a month? Prop Cause. Prop Cause, you should be our third patron if you're listening. Uh, you made the sickest podcast intro song, and you would be the sickest third patron to ever walk this earth. So take us away, and let's get to today's episode, which is email, email bag, and some stories from listeners. So buckle up, buckaroos. All the Tickle Monsters are going to get their answers that they've never wanted. Pop Goth takes away.
Okay, we are back. And as I said in the intro, we are doing a little email bag. We have a, a small handful of questions that we've collected uh, over the beginning of this short season of New Dad, as well as a couple stories, uh, mostly from Reddit, we got uh, when we asked for some uh, embarrassing, funny stories uh, from your parents. Uh, I'll tell you a little story that sparked that question, but um, we're going to jump into some of these email questions. Uh, the first one we have is from Adam in Texas. He asks, what routines such as around sleeping, potty training, and or eating do you acknowledge you didn't do right with Shep and you've changed with Solo? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, we're at a point now where I think, for better or worse, I feel like we did just, or I did just about everything wrong with Shep. Um, and, I, and obviously I know that's not accurate because he's a great kid. Uh, but, you know, we'd certainly spoiled him. Uh, you know, I certainly spoiled him. And, and I do feel like it's one of those things that it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube, you know, once you've opened up a can of worms. Um, so I would say one thing, yeah, I, I think we've done a much better job with Solo than Shep, uh, is just tablet time. And, uh, I, I would say just... Shep got a lot of that, and Solo gets very little. Um, I'm proud to say Shep's like two weeks clean of the tablet right now, so uh, and doing pretty well, you know. Uh, he's three going on four, and I think <clears throat> there's a lot about boys at that age. Um, not to be the person who says boys will be boys, but just um, it's a difficult age, and, you know, a lot of kids around that time are pushing boundaries and um, Shep's certainly doing that, and he's a smart kid, so he kind of figures out what can get under your skin, and he'll do that, and, uh, you know, he figures out <laughs> hurtful things to say, and, yeah, and from talking to other parents, I don't think uh, it's remarkably unique, you know, it sounds totally honestly like, uh, you know, and this could be anecdotal, but uh, you know, a lot of the parents that I speak to have dealt with that with their own toddlers. Um, and you try to keep that in mind, um, but also, you know, push your kid to be better. You know, you want to be <clears throat> understanding and uh, try to remind yourself that they've only been on the planet for three years. Um, you know, however old <clears throat> you may be as you're listening to this, uh, I think most of us can admit that we're still you know, getting better, <laughs> you know, we still have a, a lot of areas of, of improvement when it comes to how we react emotionally or, um, you know, that's certainly true for myself and I'm four years old. So, <clears throat> you know, thinking about, uh, my three-year-old going on four-year-old son, having difficulty with this, uh, you know, s seems to make sense. Um, but again, you don't want to fall into that trap of, you know, uh, just kind of justifying all your kids' shitty behavior um, because they're young or little. Because eventually you're gonna, you end up with a, you know, 15 year old who's a shithead, and you know you're still making the same excuses. So that's where we are. Uh, it's been difficult. It really has. Um, and you know, it's just trying. Uh, it seems like you know there's always, uh, you know, everything's a meltdown, and there's you know, 13. 
opportunities for that to happen a day and you're slowly navigating and um you know i think the thing is it's just as a parent hard to keep the sort of patience that you're you know you're giving it on the 15th or 14th time um and that's where i'm at you know i'm just trying to stay consistent and remind myself that it's not personal and that he's a kid and he's doesn't understand and um no matter how frustrating it may be to hear the same question or to have the same uh, meltdown, in, you know, in the same day, uh, you know, it's it's not personal. And and in that vein, I would say that uh, there is still an aspect that, like, even on the worst days, it's better than um, than a lot of days at uh, my previous job. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, as far as like sleeping and potty, I mean, sleeping, first of all, uh, we did everything the same with Shep and Solo because it, they were both pretty good sleepers. And again, I, I think this one more than, <clears throat> than the, you know, what we were talking about originally with three and four year olds acting out and pushing boundaries. And, uh, <clears throat> I, I think this is more anecdotal our our experience with sleep um you know lita was really good i think i've mentioned this in earlier episodes she was really good about the, the safe sleep tra training and uh you know knock on wood they've been pretty good with that um eating gosh you know uh i probably let him snack too much still but solo's a great eater chef's gotten much more picky um and I don't know that we've changed anything. And it's the other thing that's difficult with changing, uh, you know, is that, as I mentioned, there's an aspect of it that's kind of like the toothpaste is out of the tube. So, and you can't let one kid do something and not the other. So if you're going to let one kid do something, you kind of got to let the other, uh, which adds this other level of, of, you know, addressing some of your parenting failures. It makes it a little more difficult. So there's always that. Hopefully that answers your questions, Adam. Not too long-winded. Uh, the next question from Chase in Oklahoma. <clears throat> what is more important to you, that the boys like the Bears or Game of Thrones? Um, so for our listeners that don't know, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and that's what this question is in reference to. Um, <clears throat> and obviously, if you listen and pay attention, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Song of Ice and Fire novels. Chase, we should be calling them a Song of Ice and Fire, not Game of Thrones. Um, <clears throat> so, here's the thing. And uh, this is something I think, again, I've talked about in other episodes previous to this, but uh, as I've gotten older, the sports become less and less important. And part of that's just having less and less time to consume all the different sports. Uh, the Bears are certainly one of those uh, exceptions to the rule where I've, I still make time. I record the games. <clears throat> I don't watch them live all the time. Or in fact, the last couple of years, it's been rare to watch a game as it's happening. Um, but, uh, you know, I will try to stay away from my phone on Sundays until I'm able to, to catch up and watch it. Uh, and I do for better or worse, love that team. Um, and, and there's, become this relationship with me in sports where it does feel a bit more like a, a guilty pleasure or 
uh, a vice even to a degree, or just something I'm embarrassed of. I guess guilty pleasure is probably a better word for it. Um, now, the a Song of Ice and Fire, I, I'm going to have to lean towards that because I feel like if if they're into that, that means they're probably readers, and that means I've probably done a pretty good job versus uh, if they're just into the Bears. And you know, the Bears have let me down so much these last couple of years. Uh, they'll always be my team. And, uh, I, you know, I'll never root for another team, but it's just, you know, I feel a little bit like, um, you know, someone that's, that, that's been in a toxic relationship with a parent and, uh, you know, it's family, so you can't really like divorce them, but you can kind of take a couple steps back and sit and, you know, we'll always be family, but I don't have to necessarily always be there to, to have to watch or experience this. And, uh, and that's... I'm getting close to being like that with the Bears. Um, so my answer would be a song of ice and fire chase. Matt from Ohio asks, what age is too early to let your kids watch certain PG-13 movies? Goes on to ask, what about rated R movies? Um, so I did the research, Matt. I had to actually look because my gut told me that I've already let Shep watch a PG-13 movie. And uh, sure enough, Shep's uh, first full-length feature film uh, that wasn't not animated was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which is PG-13. So Shep was three years old when he first watched his uh, first PG-13 movie. So I'll say three, three is about the right age for certain PG-13 movies. Um, anecdote, uh, for those uh, Jurassic Park fans who are familiar with that uh member of the franchise, there's a scene, <clears throat> it's quite heartbreaking, uh, it's a long neck, and uh, as the volcano's erupting, it's, it missed the boat, quite literally, and it's stuck on this island, uh, about to get taken over by lava, Shep had us watch this scene probably like five or six times, um, <laughs> and was, uh, like feigning sadness, and like, ooh, fake crying, uh, he knew it was supposed to be sad, but I don't think he actually... <laughs> Found it sad. I think he just found uh, it uh, humorous to uh, pretend to be sad and see our reaction to that. So, um, <laughs> as far as rated R movies, again, I bet you I could find a rated R movie that I would allow Shep to, or you know, that I would think, uh, you know, or debate letting him watch. Um, he wants to watch Child's Play, and I, I mentioned that again on another episode, but. Uh, I, I'm clearly not going to let a four-year-old watch it, but, uh, you know, it's Jaws maybe is rated R and, you know, it's one that I think I would probably be close to letting him watch. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, I don't know these, the, the, the I think the important thing to, to realize is that kids are probably going to watch these things, um, at some point. Um, it's probably better for them to watch them with a parent so they can ask questions and you can talk to them about it than to watch, uh, with like an older cousin or uh, a buddy on a sleepover or some shit. So that would be my, uh, two cents on that. So, um, I don't know, kind of read your kid. And if you think your kid's going to be like staying up late to watch rated R movies, then, uh, perhaps figure out what he's into and then watch one with him. Thanks for the question, Matt, in Ohio. Here's another one here uh, in a second. Uh, so Travis from Maryland says, Is there any merit to the saying, Spare the rod, spoil the child? Um, 
So, uh, I think the easy way to tackle this is, uh, is there any merit to hitting your kid? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think there's ever a reason to strike your child, uh, no matter, regardless, even uh, as someone who's struggling greatly to find ways to discipline their kid, uh, the idea of hitting them, um, you know, even in a way that is you know, I guess more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Corporal punishment than like abuse or, you know, I, and I don't know if that's even the right way to say it, but, um, you know, spanking, maybe that's the word I'm looking for, but <clears throat> no, I don't think there's any merit to spanking. Um, but I, you know, with that being said, I do think there is merit to the idea of, uh, being a little stricter in terms of, uh, you know, for a bigger picture, not to spoil your kid. And uh, someone, again, who's dealing with a spoiled child right now, um, <laughs> you know, I, I wish I could go back and give a little bit more tough love. It's not my nature, uh, but uh, seeing what it's kind of created and the scenarios that we're, you know, we're kind of facing at this point, you know, I've created them myself. And, uh, <laughs> and it's kind of a bed that I've made and I have to lay in it. So, um, tough love. Yes. I think there is some merit to dishing out tough love and, uh, a bigger picture effort not to spoil your kid. Um, a thousand percent. And, you know, I regret that a little bit, you know, and, and regrets probably a strong word. I guess I wish, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but there's just, it's mostly material stuff. Um, as far as if I could go back and change anything, it would be introducing him to this uh, feeling of re relieving boredom through getting something new. Um, you know, because I think that's basically what it boils down to for him. He's bored and he wants something new. And, uh, you know, even though <clears throat> I know that you give him that new thing and no exaggeration, maybe five minutes after playing with it, he wants something else new, you know, and that's just like the mentality of it. Um, so he's looking for a fix, right? Um, and so I've essentially introduced this dopamine hit that he receives through getting new stuff. I regret that. Um, you know, if I knew that that's essentially what I was conditioning him for, then of course I would have handled it different. Uh, so that, I mean, that's really, I think, really the, the nuts and bolts of what we're dealing with right now. Matt from Ohio, second question here. Uh, following up on Travis's question about sparing the rod, who are your f top three rods? Mine, <laughs> let's say my favorite, is Rod Jeremy. And uh, maybe outing himself as uh, not the biggest porn aficionado. I believe it's Ron Jeremy there, Matt. Uh, but... My three favorite rods, uh, number one, <laughs> Illinois' favorite governor, Rod Blagojevich. Yeah, he's, I think, out of jail now. Yeah, Trump pardoned him. Rod is out. Uh, number two, Rod Stewart, probably the, the low-hanging fruit one. And then number three, Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire. I believe that's uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character. So those are my three favorite rods. Thanks 
for the question, man. Uh, Jono from Illinois, my brother, asks, are all toddlers psychopaths or is it just mine? I, you know, I think all toddlers are psychopaths, pretty much, at least boys. Um, <laughs> both of mine are, certainly. Uh, and then Dane in South Carolina, following up on Jono's question, is it normal for a seven-month-old to growl at his dad? Is it normal that the only game we play at home is called Predators, where I either act like a silverback gorilla, jungle cat, or a raptor? Dane, I think the reason your kid's growling at you is because the only game you play is a game called Predators where you act like a wild animal. Uh, going out on a limb, that's just my guess. Uh, Tommy, not me, from Illinois, asks, Me and my wife just had our second baby. He is on the boob every hour. Is it bad that I sleep in the guest room just so I can get some sleep? Um, you know, that's not the first dad I've heard doing something like this. Uh... You know, it's not my style. And I know that uh, he he did uh, send a follow-up afterwards. I think he felt uh, maybe <laughs> like he was going to get some slack for this and said that, you know, they're not using a bottle yet. Um, I, you know, my two cents would be introduce that bottle now. Um, it's... If you're going to do it eventually, you know, better sooner than later, you start pumping, staving. It, uh, what Lita and I did, if you uh, listened to season one, was we would do shifts. So one of us would uh, basically take from, you know, like eight o'clock to one or two. And then the other one would be from like two to five to six, seven, that area. Um, so, you know, you knew that you were going to get a good solid chunk of sleep, at least at some point. Um, but uh, something also tells me maybe Tommy's not totally hating the fact that he can go and get eight hours in the guest room. Um, you know, that's better than like five hours, I guess. Um, but you know, it's all about having to look yourself in the mirror, you know, and every relationship's different. Every, uh, couple has, uh, the different responsibilities that they share and split and, you know, whatever works for you guys. So, um, is it bad? I wouldn't say it's bad. Uh, it's it's different than how we did it, but not bad. Um, Webb in Texas asks, what were some of your favorite moments of Ice and FireCon 2022? Uh, there were a lot of uh, great moments. And uh, this is going to probably sound cheesy and cliche, but you know, I think really a lot of it was just seeing people uh, that you'd been chatting with. And, you know, in the intro, we talked about History of Westeros and Laura Brandos being our, our first two patrons. Those are people that I know through the A Song of Ice and Fire community and uh, people that I see when I go to Ice and Fire Con. So, um, you know, the relationships that we have, are, you know, are friend, friends now. Um, you know, we communicate uh, you know, like most people electronically, <laughs> you know, and whether that be through a text or messenger or whatever, uh, DMs, however, you, you know, you, you communicate with your friends, um, you know, it's very similar. It's just there. I see them maybe once a year, twice a year. And during the pandemic, uh, not at all. So it was getting to see people that you've been talking to for three years, but you haven't been able to really see. Um, and I think that's something a lot of people can relate to over the pandemic. Uh, that's not something totally unique to this uh, group of friends. 
Um, <clears throat> but for me personally, there was a couple of guys that I had legitimately never met. Um, with the exception of James, who I did uh, get to hang out with a little bit in San Diego earlier this year. Uh, but Steve and Dom, uh, it was really cool getting to spend a little bit of time with them and get to know them a little more and uh, uh, make some empanadas, which were delicious and uh, seemed to be a big hit uh, by everyone that had them. And uh, the salsas that uh, accompanied them were also uh, seemed to be favorably imbibed. So uh, those were some of the, uh, the highlights. The manimals. <clears throat> live music I love. Uh, that's, again, no secret, but uh, they were awesome. I thought they did a fantastic job and um, kind of really exceeded my expectations. Uh, oh, uh, presenting a panel with the folks of Radio Westeros, that was uh, a bucket list item for me, so that was a, a big highlight. And uh, the, the panel with Jimmy No Content Stapler, um, going as well as it did and then uh, hitting up a hot tub we brought a hot tub dyson fire <laughs> that's another highlight it was 80 degrees on saturday and uh you know more of a cold tub but it was still very enjoyable um i don't want to go on too long about but but those were the highlights that just jumped you know to the forefront of my brain um meeting meeting web from texas uh that was a highlight uh so yeah that was all uh you know just the people in general, it's a really cool crowd. And, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about it in multiple episodes now, but, uh, if you, even if you aren't a fan of, uh, the books or the show, it's still a good time. And, uh, and I've got a couple of friends who can attest to that. They're not consumers of either. And they, they've come down and had a great time. So Ryan in Indiana asks, how is the house and job hunt going uh, you know, it's slow, going slow. I have uh, not really started to formally look for a job. The house hunts, we were, I mean, we're looking at places, but there's just not a ton in inventory. Uh, we just looked at a house this Sunday that, um, you know, we're still deciding whether we're going to put an offer in on. There's a, a lot of work that needs to be done to make it something that we'd be with or happy with. And uh, it's also, you know, when you're spending that much money on something, and then you know you have to spend even more money just to uh, get it to what you want. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> it starts to become intimidating. So um, it's still going, you know. And uh, my job hunt will ramp up in June when the kids uh, go to daycare a couple days a week. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Because, as I said, we're struggling a little bit with... Um, just I'm not really struggling, but it's just it's just been tough going. Um, you know, Lita works from home every day, and me and the boys are here every day, and uh, they're going through a period where it's like I said, they're just pushing boundaries more. There's more yelling, there's more chaos, uh, more meltdowns, and um, you know, I think <laughs> allowing another adult to deal with that and having the kids have exposure to another adult and uh, another style of discipline uh another voice all of that's going to be good it'll be good for them it'll be good for us um so we're all looking forward to it even though uh it, there will be tremendously sad too to a degree um but when it's for everyone's best it's easy to kind of get over that sadness right that was the last question we had um 
Thank you, everyone. Please continue to send questions that you have to uh, newdadpod at gmail.com, or you can uh, submit those at the Facebook group uh, for the TKOK Podcast Network. Uh, if you're not a member, uh, if you're not uh, in that group, that Facebook group, uh, head over there, or we'll get you taken care of and treat you real kindly like. So uh, now we're going to go to some uh, questions. And uh, I had submitted uh, over in the world of Reddit. And what kind of spawned this question was uh, a, an infamous story uh, that, that Lena likes to tell. It was her first f- family uh, holiday with the Pappases. I believe it was Easter. And uh, she <laughs> she came over uh, for for Easter dinner, and as we dug in, uh, the first course, of course, salad, and uh, she was expecting some sort of tongs to be brought out to help transfer salad to the bowl and to plates, and uh, much to her horror and chagrin, uh, we all reached in with our hands and took a handful, and that's what we used to fill our bowls. Um, I grew up thinking this was pretty normal, I guess. Uh, it wasn't until she pointed out that it was really fucking gross and weird uh, that I became a little self-conscious. So I asked, you know, Reddit, was there anything like this? Uh, or have you experienced any embarrassing moments at the hands of your parents or child? Uh, here, Here's what we got. Uh, <laughs> this story I just uh, labeled as racist, question mark? So uh, Ryan from Reddit writes, I want to preface this saying that we are very anti-racist home. Sounds crazy, but needs to be said. LOL. (laughs) I feel like if you have to say that immediately, you know the story is about to be racist. Anyway, we live in northern Michigan. (laughs) Again, not helping your anti-racist uh, claims, but I've uh, you know I've met some nice people from the UP. Needless to say, there aren't an abundance of African Americans where we're from. My brother-in-law is black, so that's really the only one my son has met. His name is TJ. Great dude. We all love him. Okay, so the TJ is the black brother-in-law, not the son. Uh, my son was four at the time, <clears throat> and the new Space Jam was about to hit theaters. So I was priming him with watching the original and old Jordan games. Okay, you're starting to win me back here, Ryan. Uh, Which he loved. Okay, the son is a Jordan fan. Starting to like dad Dad and son a little bit more. Uh, About a week after us seeing it, my son is in the living room, excited to show me basketball tricks. After he's done, he goes, Dad, I'm doing tricks like TJ on TV. I didn't understand what he was talking about until I realized he was referring to LeBron James as TJ. I had to explain to him not all black guys are named TJ. And his name was LeBron. Everything was cool. Cut to about two months after, and he's playing in the sandbox at my brother-in-law's house, who heard the previous story and laughed. <laughs> not sure. <laughs> all right, I questionable whether I would have told my my brother-in-law this story but okay Ryan's a little more transparent than I uh he gets his hands all dirty from the dirt oh my gosh and my son holds his hands up and says look I'm like TJ and my wife and I looked at each other in horror and my brother-in-law is in tears laughing 
Thank God he has a good sense of humor. But good God, my son needs to get out more. I hope you guys can appreciate the story. And if it doesn't make the cut, I totally get it. Ryan. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess this is basically like, hey, my son inadvertently did blackface and we all got a good laugh out of it. And I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being too harsh. Uh, Tickle Monsters, help me out here. Is this racist or not? I can't tell. It And I just to justify it, it feels like the brother-in-law <clears throat> is being used here as a way to justify it. Like, hey, it's not, we, we all laughed about it, um, but so did he. So that's why it's not racist. It's like, I, I'm, I'm not racist. I had sex with a black guy. This is the, the, the equivalent of that. Um, all right, Reddit, 0 for 1. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, we'll save Chuck E. Cheese here. I'm going to do Dad Farts. Dad Farts is next. <clears throat> One time we were going food shopping and I was in the car park with my father. <clears throat> Immediately, I'm not sure a human being wrote this. This seems like either a bot or an alien. We were going food shopping. I was in the car park with my father. This could just be also someone from another country. So I apologize. <clears throat> we parked between two cars while we were walking. He got out of the car, turned around, closed the door, and did a massive fart. <laughs> See, uh, the way that's being phrased, did a massive fart. <laughs> I'm because, Yeah, this is probably not a human being. This is uh, for sure an alien. I started bursting out laughing because he didn't notice there was a woman on a call in the car next to him where his bum was bum. Okay, this might just be uh, someone from the UK. <laughs> in the car next to him where his bum was facing, he reacted immediately and said, oh, sorry, sorry, and did this little wave. I don't understand how she didn't laugh. That was absolutely hilarious, and it was so loud. You got to love parents. <laughs> she probably didn't laugh because she got a fucking fart in her face. That is uh, pretty easy to understand. All right. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese here. After a trip to Chuck E. Cheese, my son, who was three at the time, told my husband he was saving his tokens so he could buy something at the mall. My husband tried to explain that the tokens were only good at Chuck E. Cheese, but my son would hear none of it. So we're talking about Chuck E. Cheese in the mall. This is, an, how old is this story? <laughs> then we went to Blockbuster Video and we played with a uh, Rubik's Cube. All right, let's go. Frustrated at not being able to get my son to understand, he said, son, I'm 30 years old, and you are three years old. Do you really think you know more than me? Being very sassy and in a loud voice, my son quit back. Yes. This is where I stepped in and explained the whole token currency situation again, and he finally understood. I then asked him, do you have anything you would like to say to dad? Their conversation went like this. I'm sorry, Dad. Well, what are you sorry for? And then, in the most innocent voice, my son replied, I'm sorry I'm smarter than you. This has been a reoccurring joke, here we go, for our family for 23 years now. 23 years. So I was pretty close. Um, okay, well, I feel like if this is the reoccurring joke for 23 years, you probably led a pretty boring life. And, and that's not a bad thing. That's just, you know, pretty, 
No one's been arrested. No one's had their nose smashed by a crane or lost a finger or anything like that. Uh, so some good old innocent Chuck E. Cheese fun. This was the, the Pooh House. This one is the winner. Uh, for sure, this is this could be a relative of mine. This could be a long-lost Pappas. To whom it may concern. So I thought this was pretty normal for everyone and their family since I grew up doing this. Uh, because my dad had taught me to do this. So we had about 100 dogs. I kid you not. Which makes for a lot of crap to pick up. But you see, we weren't the wealthiest of families. And we had to use everything around us to either fix or repair something. For instance, we would go into the woods and cut down a tree and shave it down and cut it into small chunks to fix the house. And, and whatever else we might need to fix. Back to my story though. We had a lot of dogs, which made a lot of crap. Well, my dad had taught me that if you mix dog shit with wood glue and sawdust, it acts as an insulator. So right before winter, we would roll around my brothers and gather up as much... Hold on. We would roll around my brothers. Okay. They're not rolling around in the dog shit. They're just... Him and his brothers are, like, rolling around the property. And uh, they would gather up as much dog crap around the yard, which, again, was not hard to come by, and mixing glue and sawdust from the ground... And mix it in a big pail. We would then go in the attic and start to cover the cracks and bare spots with this paste. <laughs> I don't know if I would call that a paste. It doesn't stop there. My dad was insistent that we use it other places in the house too. Windows, walls, kitchen appliances. You name it. We put crap on it. Again, I thought this was pretty normal until I reached the age of about 10 or 12. When I went to a friend's house who was having part of his house fixed up, I remember asking, or more telling... Uh, my friend's dad, <laughs> hey, mister, we got plenty of dog shit if you need help patching those cracks. The look he gave me kind of put me back. I didn't understand until I went home and told my brother what had happened. He was older and had to explain to me what had happened. I grew up a little that day, became wiser. Phil. Phil? I don't, I, I don't think I have any relatives named Phil, but again, this is something that for sure could have happened to us. Uh... I appreciate you sending that story in. Uh, we're going to find you. We're going to send you some new dad stuff, Phil. <laughs> uh, if it breaks, don't put poo in it. All right, buddy. Um, thank you again for sending your questions and your stories in. We'll probably do this again if we get another handful of questions before the end of the season. I always like uh, always like doing these sort of episodes. It's uh, A, I don't have to find a guest to do them, and uh, you know, it's a nice little uh, masturbatory exercise in uh, narcissism. Get up, sit in front of a camera, talk, spout off, uh, pontificate as if what I'm saying actually means anything. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with a brand new episode for you. Again, uh, head to Patreon. Support us monetarily. And if you can't do that, then hit the like button. Uh, leave a comment below. Rate, review, share this episode with someone who you think might like it. And uh, be sure to tell someone you love them. Bill Tickles loves you, Tickle Monsters. See you next week. Prop Goth, take us away. <laughs> <laughs>